Hello, my name is Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Grays in various video games and social media. Welcome to episode 168 of Geektitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. So, we're doing something a little different today because I am throwing in one of our unpublished episodes. Ray and I have had very busy weeks. In fact, I'm starting an entirely new job. I will talk about this all sorts of ways on our next live episode. I, I do the little quotations for live. But this is an episode from back in November when we were reviewing the final Star Wars film. And I just never got it up because of all sorts of reasons. So that's what you're listening to. And we're looking forward to seeing you next week. Remember this week, keep a geek. You guys have a very tired Joe and Ray on your hands. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I, how, how ironic being that like we're in the middle of winter break, which is what we struggle all semester looking forward to, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we're here, we're like, we're so exhausted. <laughs> It's it's just it like the holidays this year has just kicked my ass. <laughs> yeah, same, same. <laughs> How you been other than, other than the holidays kicking your ass, Joe? Other than holidays <laughs> kicking my ass, like when I can find little moments of quiet, I I am I am wonderful. Um, yeah, I, I I made it through this semester in my MFA program. It's actually been the most successful, most productive semester so far for me in nice. the program. Nice thinking, you know, I'm going to get to winter break and it's going to be great. I'm going to rest and I'm going to sleep and I'm going to feel recharged. And, you know, you, you called it, man. You were like, listen, (laughs) you, you know, this from your teaching days, as soon as your body is aware (laughs) that the semester's over, it's going to get sick on you. So go ahead and start, you know, two weeks before break, start taking, you know, your vitamins, start, you know, getting ready and and combating whatever. And what happened was I actually got a cold, like a pretty bad cold about Mm -hmm. two weeks out, like before the semester ended. So, so I made it through that. I dealt with that right before finals. You got that out of the way. And I thought I had it out of the way. I was like, cool. I'm, I'm in the clear. Like I, I I got it done early. I'm going to, you know, roll into winter break and, you know, be able to not have to worry about that. And then I get a goddamn ear infection, <laughs> which like, first of all, is just weird even telling people that. Cause what am I like 10, you know, right, like, right, exactly. who gets an earache, you know, like what 40 year old dude gets an earache. So I went into the, it was really bad. It was really painful uh, for a minute there. I went into the doctor and the first thing she asked was, uh, did you have a cold recently? I said, yeah, I had a pretty bad cold. She goes, that's, that's what it is. It's, you know, it, 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 uh, it morphed on you, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so yeah, I mean, I've, I've spent the first week of, of break basically dealing with the, with the pretty bad ear infection and, and trying to recover from that through, of course, through the ho- all the holiday, you know, obligations that we, we inevitably have right every year. Right, right, right. Um, but other than that, I'm I'm doing good. I'm spending a lot of time with my cats. Um, <laughs> if we're gonna go ahead and jump into weekly geekery real quick, yeah, um, yeah. Speaking of the Mandalorian episode, I actually I fell off of that show. Did you stick? Did you stick with it? We were gonna try and we were gonna try and uh, 
blast through it today in case we wanted to add uh, or last night in case we wanted to add that into today mm. and uh, <clears throat> Matt goes instead of that can you watch can we watch American Vandal which is my my geek weekly geekery this week oh nice um, so yeah so we we haven't been home so we haven't had a chance to watch it but it's still on our list we were still enjoying it we've only gotten through the first three episodes though okay so I was really high on that show when it started, as as I talk about in the Mandalorian episode, which I'm not going to spoil all that. But um, I just kind of lost interest in the show, and mm-hmm. and I would say like middle of the season, season's only what eight episodes. I think right. the entire season is eight episodes. Around episode four or five, I was like, okay, you know, like, I'm not sure if I'm not really digging. I'm not as excited about this show as, you know, as I was when it, when I saw the first couple episodes, um, because after the first couple episodes, it was neck and neck with, uh, for me with Watchmen Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I loved Watchmen, all of it. I mean, it just blew me away and it's one of those things, you know, when you're like, it's like, (laughs) It's like when you serve yourself like a plate of food, like at a buffet, and then you're really, you find, you taste everything on the food, on the plate and you realize that you're really excited about, you know, a couple of the dishes on there, but then there's one or two that you're not excited about, but you kind of feel like you have to finish the whole plate. Yeah. Cause you took it. <laughs> so you don't want to be that guy. And then eventually you realize, oh, like I only have really enough room <laughs> like in my stomach <laughs> to finish, not you know, to finish what I really like. And then you just kind of have to like let go. I don't know. I just felt like I loved Watchmen so much. And there were other things that I wanted to watch and I didn't feel, I kind of let go of that obligation of like, Oh, the a new episode of the Mandalorian is out. You know, I have to watch it. And, and I haven't gone back, which I'm kind of surprised by like, you know, every night I'm, I'm thinking like, Oh, what am I going to watch? And I'm like, Oh yeah, there's like two, the two last episodes of Mandalorian just sitting there waiting for me. And I've heard good things about them. Actually, people have said that the last episode is their favorite. Uh, So, you know, I I probably will get to them eventually, but I was just kind of surprised at my apathy towards finishing that season of the show. Do you think any of it has to do with like how, how you've been healthy wise the last couple of weeks maybe maybe yeah you know you and i always talk about how we sort of gravitate towards like our creature comforts you know in, in terms of what we're what we're viewing um i i definitely i'm almost done rewatching the entire Mad Men show series it's my favorite television show of all time maybe and honestly like this this nine ep- or eight or nine episode run of, of Watchmen on HBO is, is up there with it now. But um, I think yeah. I'm going to just Amazon prime that because I mean, I hope at some point it's going to be, I don't know if it's there yet, but I'm sure it's going to be available to buy or rent on Amazon prime. So because we're not getting HBO, we've got so many freaking streaming services. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, it's, it's such a beautiful store. Like it's just amazing, dude. I just, uh, don't get me started. I'm gonna start gushing about Watchmen, but um, <laughs> but yeah, I think for sure part of it was like I just you know wanted something familiar, and I love Mad Men. I hadn't rewatched it in a while, so I dove into that, uh, and I just sort of had it on 24 seven. But I think part of it too, and we can get into this today since we're gonna be spoiling, spoiling the fuck out of Rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm, it's mm-hmm. kind of Star Wars fatigue, I think. 
Yeah. You know? And, yeah. <laughs> and, and also I've never, you, you, I feel like you have a lot more affection for like television style, like storytelling. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, and, and I'm mm-hmm. not talking about like, to me, like, yes, Mad Men and the Sopranos and, um, like those kind of shows are also on television, but you know, they're kind of referred to they're they're called like prestige, like format television, you know, because right. the, the production values are extremely high. You know what I mean? It's, it's like right, watching right. little mini movies every week. Um, that's not what I'm talking about. Like, I feel like you're into like the, the lower budget, like CW shows, like the, the more kind of like serialized storytelling that feels more like old school. You know, um, I don't know about that anymore because I, I, I haven't watched a CW show in so long, and and we have been really working through a lot of series. Like, I mean, we're all into our British drama, uh, okay, like our British uh, crime dramas, and but they're not the ones that are like because they're not American television; they're British television they're not set up like CSI. Right. You know, it's right. not a case, like even if it is a case of the week kind of format, right. It's, it's really not, that's not the point. You've got a series. It's each series has a beginning and an end and it might leave on a, a, a cliffhanger, but that that season story usually is wrapped up. Isn't that great? Yeah. That's I, lo- I love British television. That's why I stopped. Seriously. That's why I stopped collecting comic books when I got into college and just switched over to trade to pay to graphic novels and trades, mm-hmm. because I just, I, I wanted a resolution to whatever the story arc at hand was. And I wasn't getting that with my monthly like pool list. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, if you're uh, for, <laughs> for us, if you're, if the character is making like, if it's manufactured drama, I, we can't do it anymore. And I think that's why we don't watch CW anymore. Because if anybody spoke to each other and didn't keep secrets on CW, there would be no series. Exactly. Exactly. And so I guess what I was trying to get at was that I feel like um, in the past, you've had much more tolerance for that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Then, yeah. Yeah. Not anymore. Yeah. <laughs> not anymore. yeah. And so what, once the bringing it back to the Mandalorian, once that show, like the first couple episodes to me felt kind of like mini movies, even though it was only like half hour, you know, 40 minute, 40 minute episodes, they, they, the production values felt very high. And then it's for me, episodes three, four, five started to feel a little bit like Xena warrior princess ish, you know? <laughs> and I, and it just lost okay. me, dude. I just have such a visceral, like, like reaction to, I just don't, that doesn't, it doesn't appeal to me at all. Right, and so I think that's where the show lost me, and and I'm I'm having a hard time kind of diving back in, you know. Yeah. Well, hopefully, I mean, you've got two episodes left, yeah. and they're not yeah. that long, so you know, at some point we'll finish and we'll have an episode, and we'll be like, so yeah, and we're so fucking spoiled, man. <laughs> yeah, we really are. <laughs> like we're so <laughs> spoiled. Oh my god! Like, oh, I need no, I can't watch a show unless you know it's at least five million per episode, you know, budget. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, what seriously. The fuck? <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, I can't get over the fact that you're, you're rewatching um, Mad Men. I don't know if I have have a, have the patience to do that because there's some amazing episodes, but I also feel like there's a lot of filler episodes in that series. Oh God! 
Okay, that's fair. <laughs> None, nothing feels like filler to me in this show. Nothing. Not even I think, parts of episodes feel like fillers to me. See, for me, it's kind of like at some point, I just like, I don't want to watch Don Draper do stuff anymore. Like, I'm like, I, I'm over you, dude. You need to like, <laughs> if, if they did, if they did a, a, an entire series about Joan, I would be fine. Yeah. But, yeah. but like after a while, I'm like, Don, you're making bad life decisions and I really don't want to watch you do this anymore. It's so funny because like. I've rewatched this entire show. Maybe this is maybe my fifth time rewatching it. Oh, wow. I, it's one of those things where I just love the, the, the world that they created, even, even with all its grossness and, you know, fucking super problematic shit. Like I, I just like spending time with the characters Mm -hmm. and I like Mm -hmm. all the characters, you know? So, so if it's a scene, you know, with, Pete being a seedy little fucking son of a bitch. You know what I mean? Like it's great. (laughs) You know, I, I'm still like relishing that, you know, because he gets his comeuppance and blah, blah. blah. And so, um, every time I watch the show though, you know, I, I take something I, I, because I've changed, I experience it in a different way. And this, this has been really interesting because like, seriously, dude, like the first couple seasons, which I like, I had on in the background while I was painting my final, you know, project for the semester. So I'm like listening to it because I can already see the scenes in my head, you know, as I'm painting Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I'm just like, Oh my God. Like I, Don is like my least, he went from being my favorite character. Like, you know, the reason why I watched the show the first time through, Mm -hmm. cause I, you know, for better or worse, identified with him so much to, (laughs) to, which probably, you know, most, most guys that watch the show, but, um, to like this last time I'm like, Oh, like, can I even watch this show? Cause he's terrible. And I find myself like just really enjoying like other people in the cast. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're still bouncing off of him. So, uh, yeah, it's different every time. I just, I, I love the look of the show. Um, I am definitely more critical of it now, you know, seeing like mm-hmm. certain things and how they try to handle certain things and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, that, that and, and painting, um, is what I've been geeking out on. Um, not Mandalorian, not Star Wars as we're going to get into. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say, I gotta say one more thing about Mad Men just because I've never like I don't talk to people about it so much. I really did love that series. Um, the spoiler alert if if oh yeah really good care good. but but yeah my absolute favorite and I may have mentioned this before my absolute favorite episode of that show is when they're going to um, like they've sold the company and they need to figure out how they're going to like, they realize they've made a huge mistake. And so they're going to reopen their own company, Mm -hmm. but they have like 12 hours to get all their stuff out before the building changes hands. And they're like, how do we do this? And they call Joan and Joan just walks in and starts telling all these guys, you do this, you do this, you do this. We're going to get, and they're saved. (laughs) And they're saved by Joan. She's my absolute favorite character in the show. My last, the last season, I think she, she jumped the, the shark a little bit. Um, there were, there were a couple of things that I didn't love about the last season. Yeah. But, that episode um, is one of my favorites. It's called, Oh, it's my absolute episode. It's called favorite that episode. episode is titled shut the door, have a seat. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, that's one of my favorite episodes for that whole, yeah, the, how that all comes together is great. And how they all sort of like, you see like where certain characters that usually like shine and like, like have, you know, play a big part in, in the, you know, whatever the, the work is at hand, they kind of have to take a back seat because they're not cut out for like this kind of thing. Yeah, this is not their area of expertise. They, yeah. they realize how much they don't know about their own company. Yes, and how much they um, rely on other people to do the day-to-day stuff, and they're lost when they have to do it themselves. It's great. And and then the other thing that I think is just amazing about that series is how, especially the first watch through, it sounds like as it gets further in, you're just like, I'm done with you, Don. But I'm amazed at how they could make it so that you're always kind of rooting for Don at the beginning even though he's being an absolute ass. Yeah, dude. Geez. And you hate Betty. Yeah. Like, I don't feel like everybody hates <laughs> Betty. And it's like, do you understand that she is the victim in this situation? Right. You know what's funny? Yeah. I started out going like, oh my God, like I hated Betty. And now like I, I feel for her so much. And then there's certain scenes where I'm like, okay, but that like, that, <laughs> like, like they clearly also wanted you to hate her, you know, at certain oh, yeah, points. No, they, yeah. It was masterfully crafted. And that's one of the things that I, I think is so amazing about that show is it's like, yeah, um, they, 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 they kind of manipulate the audience by making you root for the bad guy and and hate the, the victim. One of the things that I've like I've been critical in the past of like how they like handled race, you know, I mean, they, they engage with it, which is cool that they do that. But it's a very white show. Right. Yeah. Um, but one thing that I noticed this time around was it really stood out to me how they don't they don't paint these characters sympathetically. Like even the main characters that we're supposed to like identify with and love, they Mm -hmm. consistently get race wrong, which makes sense. You know what I mean? Like that's right. And so it's not like, like Don is so horrible, you know, he's homophobic, he's racist, he's misogynistic. Like they don't shy away from that shit. They're like, yeah, this realist, this person would be like this. Um, yeah, no, it's really, it's really very good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, great. Um, well, yes. Okay, so, so the reason why I haven't been watching Mandalorian, and we were going to watch it last night, but we decided to just like blow through the entire season of American Vandal. Do you know this show? Yeah, I remember the when the first trailer for the first season came out, and I was like. I thought it was like a like a fake trailer. Like, a, <laughs> like I, I thought it was like. You know what I mean? Like a mockumentary kind of, you know? It, it is. Yeah, yeah. But I mean, I, I, I guess I – it was so on the nose. I don't know. Something about – I just – like it pushed me away. I was like, that just looks dumb. Like – and then I kept hearing from people that it was really great. But oh, I, it's so good. It's but so I couldn't – I couldn't – um. I couldn't get past just the like it was it was like a big sign going like you know look at how much fun we're having with this thing you know and I'm like ah oh, okay like I guess at that time like there was a lot of like art friends in my life making dick jokes uh huh just like they thought it was the funniest thing ever to draw a dick somewhere like anywhere <laughs> and so like. What I was supposed to home. <laughs> it was, dude. It was totally not the fault of the show. <laughs> totally not the fault of the show. But, but like, I was already kind of like, okay, that's not as like. You, do you remember? I don't know if you remember. Um, a few years ago, when like all of a sudden 
it was really funny and hip to love pizza. And like people were like, it was like a funny hipster thing to be obsessed with pizza. Do you remember that? Did did that register for you? No, thank God. That was this like little mini kind of like art movement fad thing where it was like draw pizzas, paint pizzas, like wear pizza jewelry, like wear like pizza prints. Like it was just like, yeah. And just like, that's not. I just, ugh, like I was just just annoyed by that whole thing. And then like, there was like a little mini wave underneath the pizza wave that was like a dick wave. And it was just like, just draw dicks on everything. And it's so funny because look, it's a dick. And so in the middle of me just being annoyed by that, this trailer came out and I was like, ugh. So, you know, and then, you know, once I started, it was recommended to me by a couple of people that I really trust that are like, this show is great. Give it a chance. And I'm like, okay, maybe after some distance. So it is definitely, um, it's, it, 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 you, you recommending this show carries more weight for sure i'm like okay well, shit. i I, now, I am honored sir now now <laughs> i gotta watch this fucking show you know because if it's my you know depending on who this right depending on who the source is yeah. you well, know? i mean for the for people who don't know what we're talking about american vandal is a mockumentary but it's <laughs> from a high school like it's two high school sophomores who are are making this documentary on this incident that happens at their school where a kid is accused of drawing like 20 some dicks on with spray paint on the faculty cars and he can he and his friends conduct this entire investigation on is this guy really the one who did it because there's all the all the evidence seems very circumstantial to him and so they go through and and the thing that is amazing is it is being a teacher like I recognize a lot of like notes that ring very, very true <laughs> on a lot of levels. Um, very often nothing will nothing will knock Matt off a series faster than something not being realistic. I mean, he he struggles so hard. Like I'll I'll sit there and I'll I'll like I'll like stew on on things like Rise and and um high school musical the musical the series because it's supposed to be about teachers and schools and th- there's so much stuff that they don't do right for story's sake. Like Glee was a mess. And and Matt will just sit there and go, this is not realistic. This is a horrible show. <laughs> and <laughs> it's just and, killing me because of who Matt's married to. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> like he's like anything realistic, and you're like or unrealistic, and you're like, yeah, superheroes and sci-fi. <laughs> like, well, he doesn't mind sci-fi. He doesn't mind superheroes because they're realistic within the show, like okay. within the context. Okay. But but as soon as something is like, I mean. Even this, stuff that he doesn't really know about, like in, in shows like Glee, it's like, well, can they actually get the rights to do that? I'm like, no, they would not be able to do this show. Suspension of disbelief is an is an interesting thing, right? It's a yeah, complicated is, thing. And it's not a talent my husband has. <laughs> I just get, we're going to get into this because these fucking Star Wars fans that are like, that's not realistic. And it's like, Jesus, where, like, where is your line? Shut up. Um, yeah. Uh, but anyway, so so like there are, it is it is very realistic to the to to the show, and it it's like you're sitting there and you're like, I can't believe that guy is saying these things. Wouldn't he get 
you know, spoilers. Uh, actually, I'm not going to spoil. The, I can't believe this guy would say something, and then later on, there's repercussions about him saying something. Okay. There, you know, I can't believe that they're letting them do this, and then there's repercussions for that. But it, you have to stick with the series. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And and the mystery is like engaging because we're all about like we've become all about like mysteries and true crime and that kind of stuff, and. Um, Oh, I'm going to add that too. I've got one more thing after this <laughs> to talk right. about. Um, so, so yeah. So it's just this really good mystery on the on the palette of a high school like expulsion crime, and that's it. Like it's like there's these little underhanded jokes, these little comments that you know. And you've been around teenagers long enough that you know that they say stupid shit and don't even realize how funny it is. <laughs> and that's very much how <clears throat> this series approaches the dialogue and the way they interact with each other. It's it's very 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 well done. We've only seen the first of the two seasons, okay. and my husband never wants to binge something. But like every time an episode ended, we look at each other and it's like I don't care how late it is, we're going we're going for another episode. <laughs> so my yeah, my coworker Jason is going to be so excited that you're recommending American Vandal because I've shouted out to him before. Him and I geek out on stuff together all the time, and he's one of the people, one of the first people that really recommended this show to me. So he listens to the podcast. So what's up, Jason? Um, he's going to be so excited that you're because he knows too. He knows that if Joe recommends something to me, I'm gonna be like, oh. Uh, you know, Jason's like American Vandal dude, and I'm like, yeah, whatever. Like, <laughs> Sorry, Jason, uh, you're right. <laughs> and then the last thing that we watched, um, and we actually watched while we were like at a hotel room trying to like like in between events over the break. Um, we started with a, our in-laws, and we realized that it was not for them. There is an actual documentary out there called "Don't Fuck with Cats." Have you heard of this? I just read about this yesterday morning on Twitter. I just I read this. Someone made a post about it, and I I didn't know any parts of this story. It is fascinating. Okay, so it's true crime, um, and it's about these people that are very into not the dark web, but they'll they they like stream. You know, they they go into they they don't mind exploring the internet for for places that are kind of in the crevices of the, you know, <laughs> human appropriateness, and this group of them see this video where this guy kills two kittens, God. and and they are outraged, like just furious, and so this group of internet geeks create a Facebook page and start trying to figure out based on the clues of the, in the um, video, who this guy is, where he's from. Like, cause it could be anywhere, anywhere in the world. Like they don't, they don't know, but they create this, this Facebook group that just sits there and like analyzes the clues and does it. And it is fascinating because one of the things they're worried about is that this guy, you know, Killing animals, being um, violent to animals, is often a sign of deeper problems. Yeah, and they're they're concerned that this guy is going to graduate to killing people. Right, and and he does. Right, and they basically spearhead the investigation to catch this killer. It is crazy. It's insane. 
Yeah, I, I kind of deep dove uh, because I came the the context in which I came across the story was through a criticism of it that I that that I find a lot of um, like people of color have about this stuff that that kind of I, I share somewhat. Um, and so I was like, I saw the criticism first and I was like, wait, what is this story? And then I went to the documentary and I read about, and I was like, what is this documentary about? And then I went to like the actual murder, like the actual, you know, crime. And so I went way back and it looks really interesting. It doesn't look like something that I want to watch. First <laughs> well, of they all, don't, they don't show anything. They don't, right, they that, don't show anything. That, they just yeah, get that's, right up to it. Yeah, that's one of the first things that I read was that people were like, hey, look, you know, if you're interested in watching the documentary, but you don't want to see these clips, like they don't show this stuff. So that's that's cool. Um, <laughs> like, good. Thank God. But um, yeah, it looks it looks really interesting. Um, I I do. I, I do sympathize with or, or identify with some of the criticism that people have. And, and I, I like retweeted this on, on, on Twitter, but um, I haven't seen the documentary, so I can't really like a hundred percent back this criticism. Cause I haven't seen the documentary, but people are saying is um, some people are offended that at, at, you know, this, this, idea that like people are so much more outraged by violence to animals than violence to, to human beings. Oh, I totally, I totally get that. And, and, um, I, I, we, we, we see it every day because we are part of a Facebook group for our, our, you know, Palm Springs to just kind of, you know, they post like events and, and neighborhood issues and everything. And, like people complain about everything from things being stolen off front porches to, but if you post about a missing cat or a missing dog, (laughs) dear God, like 300, 300 posts in, like it's ridiculous. And I, I get it because, Oh my God, if something happened to Ollie, I would be, I would be crushed. Same. Same. That's the thing that I think when people are like, they react negatively to what I'm saying because they're animal lovers. I'm like, listen, my cats are my babies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I totally, I totally get that. But that doesn't, that doesn't, I, I, I can understand the other side of the argument. And yes, I think, I personally think a lot of it is human nature because people are awful. Yeah. <laughs> so it's very yeah. hard to, it's very hard to, uh, sympathize sometimes, but it's easy to sympathize with animals because they're innocents. And Listen, we see it. yeah, that's true. That's true. And and then some of it, unfortunately, is racism. <laughs> that is just true too. I mean, dude, it, Joe, it's true. You don't know how. So I have about, I don't know. I have I have just over two thousand followers on Instagram. Okay, mm-hmm. um, a good chunk of that is art based, right? Art related. Mm-hmm. Um, a very, very good chunk of that is because of my cat. So I post, I used to post about my cat way more than I do now, (laughs) but I still post about them sometimes. Well, my cat photos and the story around like how I found Bagheera and, and, you know, cause I nursed them and all that stuff, um, was picked up by this cat lovers blog. Okay. Mm -hmm. I believe it was somewhere in Asia. It based somewhere in Asia as well. And they reached out to me and they asked if they could 
pub- write about my story and and publish some of my Instagram photos. And I was like, yeah, sure, go ahead. You know, and they asked me some questions and I, you know, answered for, I guess, for the purposes of like writing out the story. Mm-hmm. And dude, this blog gets published. This was a couple years ago. And my social media fucking blows up. <laughs> and I got so, I, I seriously, I, hundreds of new followers a day. Wow. And, and what happens is every eight to 10 months, somebody reblogs this blog, like another blog. Cause you know, that's what all these blogs do now, right? <laughs> they, mm-hmm, they just right, like, right. pick up each other's stories and I'll get like an, like, a, like another hundred or, or 200 followers that day. And I can't, and then, so like they comment and they're like, oh my God, like your, your, your cat is a gift of, from God or, or (laughs) thank you so much, you wonderful man for rescuing this angel from heaven and like really devote. And like, I go back and I'm like, who are these people that are following me and commenting on stuff? They go way back into my feed. And Joe, I can't tell you how many of them, when I go back to their feed are super conservative, older white people who are just posting the most filthy, racist, <laughs> like homophobic stuff on their own feeds. I, but they I, love cats. That, <laughs> or they love animals. That's awful. <laughs> and I'm just like, what the hell? Like, whoa. <laughs> like what a huge disconnect to have as a person, you know, like, come wow. on. That's insane. Yeah. But, but then uh, the, I take a little bit of sol- uh, solace in all of this, knowing what other kind of stuff you post and, <laughs> oh, yeah. and going, Oh, you guys don't know what you're getting into when you're following this gentleman. <laughs> oh, it's great. Yeah. It's great. Cause I'm like, you know what? They're following me for the cat photos. It's like a spoonful of medicine, right? A spoonful of sugar, right? Like mm-hmm. they're, they're, you know, and, and they're getting all these like radical leftist, like <laughs> means calling out like whiteness and like white supremacy and like all this shit. And you know what? They, they're there. They don't go like, I'm like, oh, for sure. They're going to stop following me. No, like they stick around for the well, cat photos. You do realize that all they're doing is they're trying to figure out who you are and where you live so that they can oh, liberate no. your cat. <laughs> we have that. to rescue him. <laughs> there's a, there's a Facebook page. <laughs> oh, so yeah. Uh, you and I haven't chatted in a while. <laughs> No, no, this is all new information to me. We're, we're going to talk about Rise of Skywalker, we promise. Uh, all right. So, well, I think I have a feeling that that it's going to be a a shorter than some of our movie shorter than some of our movie review episodes, which is why I didn't mind like expanding this part out. That and we haven't talked in forever, so it, it's fine. <laughs> um, but we will be back and uh, we will talk about the Rise of Skywalker after the break. When toxic culture has you down. When you're just looking to laugh and have fun. Kick back and enjoy watching a video game. Or just make some new friends. It's time to visit the geek to geek Media Network. A community of podcasters, streamers, and bloggers. Well, more of a family than a community. All dedicated to geeking out about the things we love. Things like... Video games! Star Wars! Comics! Movies, K-pop, Disney Plus, Keanu. Keanu Reeves, new, or whatever our community decides is the next best thing. That's right. We have a great online community on Slack and Discord where we chat about our weekly geekery with listeners and viewers and each other. 
Yep, and each other in real time, and we can't wait for you to join us. So come check us out at geek2geekmedia.com. And escape toxic fandom for something much more... Keanu? Yes, Keanu. And we are back, and this is our spoiler cast for Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, the last of the Trilogy of Trilogies movies. It's done, Ray. It's <laughs> We're done. We're done. Um, I want to start off by how how were you going into this film? Okay, that's interesting. That's an interesting question because I went into this film unlike unlike what I usually would do, which is I actually spoiled myself on this movie on purpose. Oh, did you? Yes. And that's, I mean, that is very, very unlike me. <laughs> very but, unlike you. Yes. But um, to be quite honest, I needed a reason to go see this movie, <laughs> <laughs> which is crazy when you think about that. Like, what the fuck? Like, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. I've loved Star Wars since I was a kid. Um, I've gone to Midnight showings of you know all three of the prequel movies i went to the theater when i was in 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 high school when they re-released um in 97 they re-released the 20 year anniversary you know the three the, the, the oh, three yeah. original oh, yeah, trilogy yeah. and i went and saw all three in the theater and then um i was in college you know when the prequel started coming out and i went and saw midnight showings and you know so i'm i'm devoted to these movies and to this story and what happened for me, I, I, you know, Star Wars at this point, I think a lot of Star Wars we know has coasted on nostalgia and just excitement around the brand. Mm -hmm. So, you know, The Force Awakens comes out and you're there, right? Like, because it's, a, you know, the start of a new Star Wars trilogy. And of course you're there. Right. It's fucking episode seven, you know? Um, and I, you know, I didn't love that movie. It was exciting to see lightsabers and shit, but, you know, I didn't love it. Right. Um I love The Last Jedi. I did too. And I still do. I recognize its flaws. It has a, a couple flaws here and there, like every movie. But right. none of that impedes my enjoyment of the movie whatsoever. And I love the, the best parts way more than I dislike the worst parts. And there's way more of the best parts anyway. So mm -hmm, mm -hmm. that that is almost, for me, a perfect Star Wars movie. Um so having said that, <laughs> when they hired, rehired J.J. Abrams to finish this trilogy, which was not the original plan. No. When they made that move as a reaction to, you know, the 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 backlash to 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 The Last Jedi from a certain segment of Star Wars fandom, that was a very clear and direct sign to me that this last movie, The Rise of Skywalker, was not for me. Right. This movie was not being made for my segment of Star Wars fandom. No. If anything, it was a direct refutation of of my fandom. It was. It was a. I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna be. I. I don't pretend to understand the in and outs of what running something like the Star Wars brand entails, and I'm sure that it is quite difficult and a lot less cut and dry than I give it credit. But 
Uh, they were, I think, as tired of the backlash as we were. And so this was a way to just put a button on it and be done. And right. I, and oh, I see. So you're saying like looking ahead to non Skywalker Star Wars. Like they wanted yeah, to like, like nip this in the bud here. Like yeah, almost like, like, like a sacrifice. Because I think, yeah, because I think at episode eight, we were like, all right you and I were so excited because we're like all the things that this can lead to. Like, this is like, this is going to sustain the brand for decades. Yes. Like this is amazing. And basically they heard so much backlash and such horrible backlash yeah. that I think they were like, you know what? This is not worth it. Like, let's just put a button on this, be done with this series. And then we can do what we want with stuff. That's going to be less controversial. So we can keep making And it may money. not be as, yeah, so we can be well, so we can keep making money, and I, I do think that there are people that are excited about being able to explore the storytelling in the Star Wars universe, but the main storyline has become too muddied, and there's no there's no interest in it. Like they're they're cutting off the the rotten limb, right? It's how sad that the Skywalker yeah. story has become the rotten limb, but yeah, I mean that's I think that's due to a small you know, a uh, um, shitty segment of Star Wars fandom. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, when they announced that JJ was coming back to finish the trilogy, I was like, oh, okay, they're done with me. Like, 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 mm-hmm. uh, you know, they, they don't, it, I did take it kind of like as a, you know, as, as a blow to my fandom, like, oh, okay. So the things that I love, about this going forward or they're saying, no, they're not interested in. So then I'm not really interested in the movie, you know, like I'm just, I just wasn't to be honest with you. Like I was like, I guess I'll see it at some point. I wasn't even planning to buy tickets, dude. Like I didn't buy tickets to go see it until like the night before. Yeah. We bought it the day of, and we have a little bit more ability to do that out here. Right. Right. And, um, one of the reasons, one of the things that got me to even like go see it, besides obviously that you and I were going to spoiler cast it, but um, was I heard about leaks going back a few weeks. I had heard uh, my my buddy at work, Christian, told me that you know the whole plot had been leaked on Reddit, and they weren't you know people were speculating as to whether or not it's true and and it's accurate. And I remember that, and he was like, "So just be careful, you know, what you click on if you don't want to get spoiled." And then like a couple of weeks away from the movie, I was really not interested in seeing it. And I was like, you know what? Fuck it. I, I'm going to, I'm just going to read it so that I can go into the theater and just watch it and not have expectations to be satisfied. You know what I mean? Like right, right, this right, way right. I can just sit there and just watch, you know, the, the scenes unfold without thinking like, oh, I hope I, I wanted to be crushed you know, on my laptop, you know what I mean? Like reading it <laughs> as opposed to in the theater. Uh-huh. So that's what I did. I, I went and I, and I read all the whole plot breakdown. Um, what was interesting was there was a couple of plot breakdowns where there was apparently of, you know, more than one test screening done at certain um, with certain edits. So, you know, they did a test screening that had certain things in it based on the reaction from those test screenings, they made some edits and different choices. And then they had another test screening. So the, the plot leak on Reddit was actually updated as well. 
So you can see like it started here and then they did this and then they did this, you know? And then when I went to go see it in the theater, now I know that they did a few more edits after the last one, which makes sense. Like that's the process. So, um, so it was interesting. See, that actually created interest for me to go. I wonder what they're going to stick with. And I wonder what they're going to ultimately change for the official, you know, screening. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, It was surprisingly accurate. That that's really interesting because I I think of most of the stuff being very um, you know very speculative and not as as spot on as as it sounds like this was. No, this was pretty much on the money. Wow. Yeah, I mean, obviously the things that are off, I'm assuming are edits late, like late late changes. Right. Right. Um. And and it's kind of sad, but it to be, but it's true that that's what created the interest for me to go see it. Was like, oh, I wonder if they're gonna stick with this or you know whatever. Um, so yeah, so I it was that's how I went in to see this movie. I'm 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 similar to you. I didn't I didn't go and spoil it for myself, but I I if we were not doing this episode, I would not have seen it yet. Um, I'm so exhausted. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm so like, honestly, my, my, my husband was like, are you, are you sure you need to do this? And I was like, yeah. Cause at the time we were like, I didn't know you had an ear infection at the time. So I was like, yeah, no, we got a podcast about this tomorrow. So I really need to see it. And, yeah. um, and I was, I wasn't dreading it because at the end of the day, it's going to be star Wars. And if I just yeah. let myself enjoy it, I will enjoy it. Yeah. Um, and I think that's kind of where I was and where I am in the entire show is that, or the entire movie is that it, I enjoyed it because it was star Wars. I, I here's, here's my, my review. I don't think it's an amazing movie. Yeah. I have a, I have a very low opinion of this movie. And for those of you out there that really like this movie and feel that, you know, I, I kind of biased against it because I spoiled myself and I didn't go into it with the right way. Give it a chance. I'll, let me say this. Um, I think if I hadn't, if I had gone in, like, you know, not knowing what to expect and hoping for the best, I would hate this movie. Okay. <laughs> I think I would absolutely hate it. I think that the way I approached it with like reading, you know, the plot details and stuff going in or, or you know, possible plot details. Um, I think that actually created the space for me to have some enjoyment in the theater. All right. Well, let's put our, let's, let's put our final spoiler warning on here. We're we're done with the vague. We are we're jumping into the the meat and potatoes of the whole thing. Um, so if you don't want to be spoiled and you haven't seen it yet, and this is an exceedingly late release podcast, so <laughs> it's on you. Um, you know, this is this is it. This is your spoiler warning. Um, what what was the good for you, Ray? Um. I I liked the lightsaber battles, uh, and not just because lightsabers are cool, but I think I love the choreography of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the choices they made in terms of the visuals overall, the cinematography, the mm-hmm. lighting. Yeah, the, it was a very beautiful looking film. It was, you know, visually just stunning. Um, trying to think what else. It's hard. It's really hard with this movie to recall individual scenes because of the pace and this and the the amount of story in this movie. Yeah. Is just so much that none of it really sticks. Um 
I I like some of what they did with with Kylo and Ray, and I also hated some of what they did, but I did like some of what they did. I wish I could, you know, again pinpoint. I what I should have done before we we recorded this morning is I should have gone back and watched Kevin Smith's um, review because what he does when he reviews movies on YouTube is he literally goes through the whole plot scene by scene. Right, so right. I should have done that. <laughs> um, but it's just, it's, it's at some points it's really hard to follow, not because it's confusing or convoluted, but just because there's so much to keep track of. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's a lot um, going on. Um, yeah. There's a lot going on. Like I like the looks, you know, the, the designs of the characters, the designs of the droids are really cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I was happy to see them. <laughs> Everything's like bittersweet, man. Like, er, like there's like two sides to every, like on one hand, I, I really liked that they introduced more characters of color. Like that made me feel like um, included, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. but then I also hated how they treated some characters of color. <laughs> so like, I don't know. It's it, um, yeah. I don't know. Maybe some more of what I liked will come to me. But for the most part, it was visually stunning. The choreography was beautiful, and I liked how they handled some of the character interactions. I think that I think that's that that basically covers a lot of what I felt about it. Um, <laughs> I think I think part of my um, I think there was an enjoyment of there. There was like I did allow myself to enjoy the nostalgia of it all, um, mm. which I shouldn't have. Um, I feel like, you know, I feel guilty about that and I don't know why. Um, <laughs> wow. They've ruined nostalgia for, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it's like, it's like there were several times where I was like, I see what you did there. That was for nostalgia's sake. I get it. And I, I appreciated it. And then like, can you, that, can you give us an example? I can give you a, a great example. Um, if I was Chewbacca, I would have ripped somebody's arm off at the end of the movie, where after, what, 40 years, um, <laughs> he gets a fucking medal that was supposed to be given to him 40 years ago. It's like, oh, I see. This was a med- Like, everybody talks about how he didn't get a medal in A New Hope, and here's his consolation prize. <laughs> after 40 years of su- service, here's a medal that two other people got on day one. <laughs> Like I got the, that. I, that's kind of like there was a lot of moments for that. Like yeah, like, there's you know, a lot of stuff like where that. Where it's like, yeah. hey, here's a little. I'm gonna drop in this little piece of nostalgia where you're like, ha ha. I if you've if you've stuck with us this entire time, you know what this is a reference to. And then yeah. immediately after, I felt dirty and gross for knowing what it was because it really was just playing up the. Really, you like Star Wars. <laughs> don't you like star wars yeah, it's, it's, that's exactly huh? i was this so movie star wars like, i was angry for <laughs> chewy because i was like it was like if i was chewbacca i'd be like well i don't want the fucking thing it's like do you realize how much shit i've been through for you people like i don't care about this stupid metal yeah Here, here's what's so what was so hard for me to like about uh this movie was that even the things that i was like excite could have been excited about them doing or trying Mm -hmm. i know again going in i knew they're not it's not 
like they don't really believe this no. because if, if enough people complain, they're gonna com- they're just gonna completely cast it away. So as a fan, it's really hard then to invest in something that you know we've been invested in for so long. It's like I would prefer to I would prefer it be bad and they stick to their guns, like the prequels. Oh yeah, you know George oh, yeah. Lucas didn't didn't backtrack or change his whole plan after you know after after people complained about you know the first couple episodes of the literally he went into attack of the clones saying people are gonna hate this if they hate it the first one they're gonna hate this one because you know it's it's a love story or it's about this or whatever but he still did it right and it's like at least okay you know what i mean like if i have to live with this i'll live with this but but the the choice to bring back JJ, we all knew what that meant. You know, they were basically listening to that toxic fandom. Mm-hmm. And so even the whole thing with like playing with the idea that light and dark are part of the same thing. And, you know, Ray is the reason why she's so powerful is because she's not closed off to the dark side like Luke was trained to be. Right. She's actually using some of that, you know, and, and, you know, her destroying that ship when she was trying to save it by accident. I kind of dug some of that. I was like, yeah, man, like let's get into it. You know, like Mm -hmm. these fucking powers are dangerous and um, you, there's a price to pay, but I couldn't even fully enjoy that. Cause it's like, they're, I I just, they they just don't have any conviction of their, of their story choices. Here, here's how I knew I was not invested in the film. When she blew up that carrier, I was like, oh, Chewbacca may have just died, but there's a very good possibility he wasn't on that carrier. <laughs> so I'm just going to put that aside right now and not care until I yeah. given reason to care. Yeah, that they pull that off way better in the movie than reading it in the plot details. Oh, oh really? <laughs> oh, dude, when I read the plot and I was like, that's uh, what? Like, because it's like, you know. Chewbacca dies, right? And and originally in the first version of the of the script, there was more. There was like Lando was on that carrier, Chewbacca was on that carrier, R two D two was on that carrier, oh, like everyone, and they all die. And then you find out in the next scene they're all still alive, and you're just like, what the fuck, you know? And so that was one of like when I when I was reading the 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 plot, that was one of my least favorite parts where i was just like this is gonna be terrible and then the movie you're like oh, okay like it's still kind of like yeah you're right like you could call it but in my mind they actually i enjoyed that you know i, I didn't dislike that as much as i anticipated disliking that that's fair. um yeah. yeah but then you know they also they they wipe you know c3po and you're thinking he's gone but then oh r2d2 has a backup and you know <laughs> so it's like- well and at least they said that at the beginning it's not like like you know they they said well, R2-D2 backs up your memory, doesn't he? So it's not like it just came out of nowhere. Yeah. And then they go, well, but there's a chance that it won't come back. You know what I mean? Like they, they want to like leave it up like a little bit of suspense in there, but you know, he's going to come back. And there was a lot of moments that I wanted to happen that just didn't like, I wanted an evil C-3PO. Like how cool would that have been? Like there was <laughs> a moment. No way. Do you know how many fans would lose their shit? If they did that to C-3PO, they know they can't do that. Which is that's ridiculous. what I'm saying. That's what makes this. Yes. That's what makes this dead to me is that they basically admitted that they don't have any guts. <laughs> and, and, and don't get me started on Rose. Like, okay, maybe you know more about oh. this than I do. Did she just not want to be a part of it or did they just write her out of it? They wrote her out. Okay. That's what I thought. It, it, it just, it's, it's tragic. I liked her character. 
Yeah. Like, forget about yeah. all the political and social stuff around it. I just liked her character. She's just a good, interesting character that her sister had sacrificed herself at the beginning of Last Jedi. And, you know, she she had lost, she experienced loss, but she was still, you know, fully devoted to the to the um the rebel or the resistance. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, she, it was interesting. And she was positive and she was, she was hopeful right. and she kind of balanced, um, Flynn, was it Flynn? Finn. Finn. Um, <laughs> that's how, that's how invested I am in these at this point. Like, um, yeah. But, and, and what's also sad is that they actually like introduced new characters in this movie that could have, that did things that, that she could have easily done. Absolutely. Instead. Absolutely. So like, you know, um, yeah, there's, so, I mean, there's also stuff that would have been cooler had we, had it been set up previously, <laughs> you know, just right from the opening, like, like title scroll, like the dead speak. I was like, what the fuck? Like the dead speak. Mm-hmm. What are you like? Palpatine is back and everyone in the universe knows it already. And I'm just like, what? Like, <laughs> that's how you're going to set this up. Like already when I heard that they were bringing Palpatine and I heard that before, you know, before I I spoiled it myself. So that wasn't part of that experience, but I'm just like, Oh God, they're really stretching here. Like they're are reaching, they're really reaching for something that's going to hopefully satisfy the fans. Um, They went from a, um, they went, (laughs) They went from a Death Star that could blow up a planet to a star killer base that could blow up multiple planets at once to a fleet of star destroyers that each had Death Star technology. It's like the only thing that they could think of was like, let's make bigger, let's make a bigger gun. Now let's make more bigger guns. Right, right. Well, and and here's Here's the other thing that weirded me out about it. Okay, so at the beginning, he raises the Palpatine raises these star destroyers out of the the waters. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And all of a sudden, they've got enough people to man all of them. Yeah, and I get that they were making, but I it, it was very unclear. Like those all there was like a the Sith cult like existed there, right? Y- yes, but that's a lot of people. A lot of Wasn't people. there like a stadium full of people at one point, like chanting? Yeah, but I thought those were all kind of like Snoke people. Like, oh, you know clones. what I mean? Like they're all Palpatine clones. Yeah, Pal- Palpatine clones, but they're not like that's not what's on the. It's not what's on the the Star Destroyers. Like, right? There was there was First Order people on the Star Destroyers, right? Yeah. So it's like, well, where did they all? Because that's a lot of people. Like where did right. they all so come from? That's that's the thing is that the story. So did you know that the opening scene, which shows it's a really cool like badass scene of Kylo Ren killing a bunch of people. Mm-hmm. Do you know where he is? And do you know who he's killing? No. Okay, this was not in the movie. This is I had to read this online because um, apparently it's like it's confirmed in a in a a book about this movie. Um, like a like a production book about this movie. He's on um, Mustafar or Mustafa. It's Mustafar, right? I, I you know more than I do. That's that's the planet. Um, that's it's it's the the 
planet where Anakin fights Obi-Wan. Okay. It's the it's the location of the duel between Anakin and his former Jedi Master Obi-Wan Kenobi, which led to the former's transformation into Darth Vader. So it's the it's the lava planet. Okay, gotcha. Okay. That's the planet that he's on at the beginning of this movie. And who he's killing are members of a Darth Vader cult. Oh. So it's showing that he went from worshiping Darth Vader, right, in the first movie to deciding that he needs to, to, to destroy, kill the past in order to move beyond it in the second movie, which got us so excited about, you know, Star Wars going into the future. Right. In the third movie, he's literally killing the past. Like he's saying like, this all needs to die. So he's completely refuting his devotion to Darth Vader and killing cultists that are devoted to Darth Vader. Okay. That, that did not get communicated at all. And that, at all. And that would have been a cool thing to see. Right. But then, right. But then there's an instant turnaround in his character where he goes from killing Darth Vader devotees to because he's trying to track down Palpatine. Right. Mm -hmm. He's heard that Palpatine still exists. And he's like, if I'm really going to kill all of this, then I need to, you know, track down Palpatine and kill him. So he's looking for this wayfinder that's going to lead him, which is a J.J. MacGuffin device, which he loves. Right. Right. And he's looking for this wayfinder thing. We've never heard of this before. But now it's like super important. And he's he's using it to find, to track down Palpatine so he can kill him. And once he gets to Palpatine, Palpatine in one scene convinces him that, <laughs> to join him and to and to basically help him, you know, uh, uh, um, take over the galaxy again, right? And so he says yes in that moment. He says, okay, I'm going to help you. You've convinced me. To the point that he reconstructs his helmet and now goes back to like wanting to be Darth Vader. Yeah, but isn't that isn't that for show? Because I don't think he ever really right. Like, yeah, the, I always right. Then he explains show. to Ray, "No, I'm not really doing this." <laughs> like, okay, but then wouldn't Palpatine, who's force sensitive, be able to like? Read that in uh, the same thing. I was like, he should know better. Like, maybe it's just his arrogance. Like, I ended up, I, I, I and caught then myself, <laughs> I, I caught myself, um, justifying for them their plot points. Okay, but then at the end, you find out that Palpatine was aware of that and was just using Kylo to get to Ray mm -hmm. because that spoiler turns out to be his granddaughter, right. <laughs> um an another <sighs> thing that annoyed me uh well okay there's a couple things that annoyed and freaked me out i think we said at the end of the last movie that we were like ready for everybody with the first franchise to be done like just out um the leia stuff while i think relatively well done as far as cgi goes i mean not perfect but passable Mm. It, it it freaks me out a little. I gotta be honest. There's that one scene with that one shot where she looks like a video game character. There's that, and then there's like like just the the weirdness of like the force ghosts at the end. I'm like, Mark Hamill had to watch this at like the premiere, and that's just <sighs> kind of creepy. Like, <laughs> I got it, but it's just like I 
it's weird. It, it, it didn't settle well with me. I kept going, it's not real. Um, <laughs> but then because of, because I don't think this was supposed to be his job. I think it was supposed to fall on Leia, but since they didn't have Carrie Fisher anymore, they went back to, um, to Harrison Ford coming in and being like mm. all this, you know, it's all right. Kind of stuff to Kylo Ren. And I'm like, right. Dude, you don't like this character. Like, I don't want to see you anymore. You're dead. Go away. Like, I was done. I was so done, Ray. Like, I yeah. and and at the time I enjoyed it as a fluff movie. I didn't enjoy it as much as the the previous one because that was so much more cutting edge and so much more exciting. This was kind of like I'm I'm allowing myself to to get through this movie and enjoy it for what it is. And and realize that it could be a lot worse than it is. Oh, I know for sure it could have been a lot worse because I've I've read the originals. <laughs> the original well, so, plot so what points. was what was like what were what did they fix? Um okay, so originally um they were going to have they were going to suggest or hint at the possibility that Lando Calrissian could be Finn's father. And then at the very end, they were going to do a plot twist and he was actually going to be the father of um, the the other character that they had just introduced. Right. Um, God, let me look up her name really quickly. um, Yeah, it was, uh, you know, because <laughs> you know because you know it, it all, was kind of hinted at and it, it's like because you know all black people are related to one another. yes it, dude so yeah as, as soon as that happened i was like this is gross jana her name's jana another former stormtrooper which i liked that idea i liked the idea that the sith or the or the empire went from you know, using clones as stormtroopers to actually going to planets and enslaving people and brainwashing them, stealing them as children and training them to be stormtroopers. And then I thought, yeah, you know, to me, that was another kind of nod to the white supremacist, you know, kind of uh, uh, vibes of the first order that it would be people of color. It would be black people that they, you know, in, in this galaxy that they were stealing and using to, you know, as troops, you know what I mean? Right. No, I thought it was so like, that's that, a very cool storyline that didn't get enough. Yeah. And then like, I rewatched solo recently, which I know is like reviled by a lot of star Wars fans, but I, I still somewhat enjoy it. And, you know, there's a very distinct thread in that movie where at the end, you know, Hans, Han Solo is returning, um, the 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 payoff the MacGuffin of that movie back to the black indigenous you know characters of that planet that it was stolen from. Mm-hmm. It's a very clear nod to you know some some social justice themes and you know la- you know the <laughs> toxic Star Wars fandom that was against all that is was heard loud and clear. They didn't like that shit. You know what I mean? Right. Um, what was another thing? I did mention the thing before about more people were supposed to be on that exploding transport. Mm-hmm. Um, and then psych, um, at the end. Oh, so the end is a big deal, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been reading on Twitter and I'm not saying this is like a huge chunk, but this is like a segment of fandom. Star Wars fandom really, really loves Kylo Ren. They are convinced that Kylo Ren is the best character and the only really great thing to come of 
this sequel trilogy. Which means considering who he is and what he represents. <laughs> right? Of course you love Kylo Ren. Like, of course. And they've convinced themselves that Kylo Ren was supposed to live and survive and, and live happily ever after with Rey. And that the Kathleen Kennedy and J.J. chickened out at the last second and edited it in his death. And, and manufactured this new ending at the very last minute. And there's, there are petitions going around. Oh, for Christ's sake. To release the true ending oh my <laughs> of God. Star Wars movie that shows Kylo Ren surviving in all his glory. Um, I, I'm not shitting you, he's, dude. He's <laughs> He's, he's committed basically war crimes. Like, yeah, he's yeah, killed but, hundreds of innocent but, people. You know, he was robbed of his redemption, which was the original plan that they chickened out of. But he, he did redeem himself, uh, and that was why he had to die, because you can't then, <laughs> like, if he doesn't die, like, he did get redeemed. If he no. doesn't die, then it, it's it's they, for nothing. They, they killed him to, to appease the man-hating feminist oh my god woke social justice warriors out there uh you know blah 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 uh, um, when he died i was like when he died i was like i'm okay with this like this is a good because i'm like because there was a moment where i'm like i i'm glad he's redeemed himself but there's no the past has to like, die there's no way he can there's no way he can move forward from what he's done like there's just no way right. of course he had right. to die and so when he didn't for that five seconds, I was like, well, well, now what are they going to do? Because, like, <laughs> he's just going to rot in his prison cell forever. Nobody's going to accept him back. And then right, and then right. he died. I'm like, okay, good. All right. Now the, the character's arc is complete. So what's funny is that they're, they're – this is the thing, right? This is what's so tricky about, about these, these critiques and criticisms of this movie. Because it's like you can have criticisms, but then, you know, according according to what you like and, and where your fandom is is kind of derived from, you can kind of, at least in my opinion, you know, you can have the wrong criticisms, mm-hmm. right? It's like, it's okay to, you know, I, I guess if, you know, a lot of people dislike this movie, but some of them, you know, maybe not for the best reasons. Um, because there was a, a, a different ending that was planned and it was all of them were supposed to be on Tattoo at the end ray finn poe um i think jaka too was also all supposed to lando i think they were all supposed to be on tattooing together and then you know they screen that and they realize that kind of doesn't make sense because tattooing doesn't really hold significance for all of those characters and they don't really all know each other that well anyway right. so they and this has been proven they on i i, I saw this online they actually had to manufacture that last shot of Ray on Tatooine from already existing footage. Oh, wow. Yeah, they actually took it from other parts of the movie and kind of digitally edited it to make it look like Ray was on Tatooine at the, looking at the, 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 the twin sunset. Um, but I was, I was okay so, with that ending. Like, I thought it ended very, very well for yeah. what it was. Apparently the the cast was all very surprised at at <laughs> the final product because it was very different from what they filmed in in some cases. Oh wow! You know, and you, you I mean you can go and you can go online and, and track down interviews with all the cast and you can tell they're kind of like over it. Like you know, John Boyega has been somewhat vocal about his his you know his dislike of of this whole experience. Um, 
Uh, Oscar Isaac has come out and said for sure, definitely, he would never be in another Star Wars movie. Um, you know, Ray was do, or, or sorry, Ray, um, Daisy Ridley was doing her best to like talk it up and you know, kind of put a positive spin on it. But I think it was, it's, it's kind of been shown that they, they, none of them really knew what to expect from the final edit, and it was different from what they had been expecting during the production mm-hmm. of it. Um, yeah. So originally, um, Ray, I think was supposed to have, a, or, or Leia was supposed to have a pink lightsaber. Yeah. I, okay. So <laughs> here's, here's just a little funny thing about me. Um, after the whole, <laughs> after the whole red skull thing in, um, in infinity, infinity war where I'm like, I don't know who that is. Cause I couldn't see the red. I now, anytime there's a color question, I just ask. So in the middle of the movie, and this is why I love the new movie theaters where it's like you kind of are in your own little pod at this point. I, I just yeah. leaned over to my husband and I'm like, what color is the lightsaber? And he's like, <laughs> and that was a whole thing because like he didn't really wasn't really paying attention to that. So he didn't know. And then yeah. I thought maybe it would be pink because I'm pretty sure that's what it's supposed to be in the books. Um, yeah. But uh you know, I, I leaned over and I'm like, well, next time we see the lightsabers, you need to tell me what color it is because I can't tell. <laughs> um, the thing is for me that as a, as a huge fan of The Last Jedi, it was just the hardest parts of this movie for me to sit through where they were very directly and openly undoing things from The Last Jedi. That was the hardest stuff for me to just kind of like whatever, you know, like – um sit through um the whole you know uh handling of rose um what what were some of the complaints like like okay why is why can leia use the force it's like use your fucking like logic like you know <laughs> don't, things don't need to be spoon fed to you right like it's been years we know that she's a skywalker we know she's you know she has actually displayed slight force sensitivity in the original trilogy you know like come on, do the math, yeah. you know, like, do you really need everything shown to you and explained to you? But no, of course, in this movie, they have to show her actually training with, by, you know, being trained by Luke, because that would appease the fans saying, well, she's not supposed to be able to use the force and, you know, fly through space and blah, 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 because they can't fucking do the math themselves. Um, what else? What else? Um, oh, Captain Holdo using the ship, you know, uh, uh, taking out a um, a Star Destroyer using light speed. Well, why hasn't that ever been done before? You know, like if they could do this, that makes no sense because then, you know, they could have just had a bunch of, um, you know, kind of kamikaze style rebel pilots and they, you know, they could have beat the Empire a long time ago. No, first of all, it was a cool fucking thing to do that no one had thought of. And you know what I mean? Whatever. But of course, in this movie, in Rise of Skywalker, there has to be a, a, a throwaway line saying that's in a one in a, that's a one in a million maneuver, blah blah blah. Like just all these little things that they're doing to try to appease that that shitty section of fandom that was whining and complaining about the Last Jedi. Yeah, and, and it really bothered the fuck. And out. I think, <laughs> and I think in the in the in the process of doing that, they made everybody cut. Like they made a movie for no one. No, right? Neither that's side is thing. happy with it. <laughs> exactly. That's totally exactly Joe. Nobody likes it. <laughs> no, congratulations, you played yourself. Yeah, um, I mean it's, it's you know it's people that were 
Yeah, people that were upset that, you know, Ray, what? Ray, you know, they built up, JJ built up this thing in the first, you know, Force Awakens that, you know, who are her parents? Well, JJ doesn't give a fuck. Like, JJ has said many times that he's, you know, he wants to create a mystery box. That's his whole approach to storytelling is just to create mystery. And he's literally said himself, it doesn't even matter what the answers are. Right. The mystery itself is what will satisfy the audience. So he created that mystery about Ray's parents, but he didn't have any any answer to that. He just, to him, the mystery was the point. So you take that and you go, okay, going into the next movie, what what is interesting? What drives the story forward? Not not just what is subversive, which which you know people take or leave. You know how uh, what you want to do with that? I like subversion. Some people don't, you know, for subversion's sake or whatever. I understand, but what forces the story into new territory? What challenges the storytellers to do something new and interesting? Well, Ryan Johnson and The Last Jedi is like, no, her parents are no one. That's also a surprise. You know what I mean? But it sets up these really interesting storytelling abilities because if you can't rely on her, you know, lineage to 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 provide the story and the plot and the motivation for the character, then you got to come up with something else. Right. And that's where the good Which story is good. Like, yes, because you can take like we don't have but to instead, have the same story over and over and over again. Like, right, right. But instead, because people complain, JJ goes, oh, no, 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 erase that. She is somebody. She's Palpatine's granddaughter. Why? Like, that stuff was was really the hardest for me to just sit through. Yeah. No, I, I absolutely agree. I absolutely agree. <coughs> Excuse me. Um. So, so I, this Star Wars movie is for now. <laughs> a, couple, a couple of quick complaints, and then let's see if we can try and end on a positive. Um because I feel like sometimes our movie uh, reviews get. <laughs> oh yeah, this I I for sure. I mean, <laughs> um, I was a little disappointed in the way they. I feel like there were a lot of missed beats in here where I'm like something should be happening here and there wasn't. Like when all the the quote unquote rebel fighters show up in the final battle, like the final, like with, with, when Lando brings the backup, which of course we, yeah. nobody thought wasn't going to come. So that was not a, right. a true suspense moment. Um, that was the moment for me where you go cockpit to cockpit and you show all the different races that we've seen, all the different creatures, any extra characters that we haven't seen from in a while, you know, heard from in a while. It's like you do that. Yeah. Then you don't do the Ewoks after the fact. <laughs> you know what throw yeah, throw yeah. one throw one in the it, it has been it has been decades <laughs> throw one in the cockpit of a plane with as a co-pilot and and have fun with it like just yeah make how about two ewoks one of them using like pushing the pedals and the other one like you know yeah like the other one steering i think that's brilliant yeah. oh my god ray we should have just made this movie <laughs> Um, and it would have just all been about Ewoks. Um, no, but I mean, do you know what I mean? It should be, I feel like that's the, that's the moment where you sit there and you, you take the, the opportunity to, to show like, this is, this is what has been built up over these nine movies. It's all these people show people from the Jar Jar race. No, we don't want to see it, but let's face it. It's part of the, it's part of the canon. Just embrace it and throw them in a ship. 
I think that they had the right idea in trying to to make this in in trying to appease their fans. I think they they really you know were were setting out to try to make a love letter to to this whole saga up to this right, point, right? right? To the fans of this saga, um, and I think what tripped them up was the fear, the fear of you know the, the, a lot of choices you could tell were made out of fear. Um. Yeah, I appreciated the attempt. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but but you're right. Like they just they they could have done things and they didn't. They tried. There was a lot of story, man. Like like seriously, thirty minutes into this movie, I was like, it turned to Suzanne to my my buddy. I was watching the movie with, and I was like, what the f- what? Are you following this? Like she's like, this is like at a breakneck pacing. <laughs> yeah, it, it was a little it was a little overwhelming, but it the good thing was is that you never felt there were no there were no lagging moments in this. And there've been some right. in the previous movies there's been some moments where like come on guys, let's, let's, let's get going. Yeah. Bit. Yeah. Well, I think the original trilogy was not really concerned with that and it is a different era of storytelling, but like they let scenes breathe and the editing on this was like quick 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 quick, you know. Um I do appreciate that they kept the humor in it because yeah. there there's funny kind of slapsticky moments all over the, the first trilogy. The force awakens has almost no humor in it whatsoever. No. And I think one of the things that the last Jedi was criticized for, which I think was unfairly was that there was some funny, it poked fun at itself. There was some slapsticky moments. And I think people forgot that's always been part of star Wars. Right. And I was glad to see that some of that was kept in this movie. Um, especially like with Finn and, and Poe and, um, you know, there was the, like those, those moments or it wasn't afraid to just laugh at itself and be funny. Mm-hmm. And I think, um, I think considering it was, you know, if, if they had gone the direction we had hoped that they would have gone, then this would have left stuff open for more movies. But because this, well, because this was like, they're, they're kind of like, we're done. We're putting a we're putting a button on it. Um, I do feel like they wrapped everything up satisfactorily, so that you're kind of like, I felt concluded. Like I I I know that there's a tendency to have a lot of open questions or a lot of concerns or how about this, but I feel like they kind of were just like we're not leaving anything open. It's just we're going to make sure everything's kind of tied up in a bow for you, so that you can go. Um, you know, there's my trilogy of trilogies, and it's set. Yeah, I think you paint yourself into a corner where you're like, you know, the the fans, there's almost, I think Disney realized after the second movie in this trilogy, oh, there's really no pleasing these fans because Star Wars has become its own thing, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think if they could do it over again, they probably wouldn't continue. They probably would have let episode six be the end of that story, which it was always meant to be. Mm And they probably would have just went on to make new Star Wars movies, which is a question I'm getting a lot from people that have watched Star Wars, but are, you know, are not like super big fans. People are over the holidays, you know, I'm hanging out with a lot of family and friends and stuff. And they're like, you know, wait, so is this really the last Star Wars movie? I'm like, well, it's the last Star Wars movie in the Skywalker trilogy, uh, the Skywalker saga, right? So it's the last Star Wars movie that is going to feature, you know, Luke Skywalker and his whole family and all that stuff. There's going to be more Star Wars movies in the future, but it's just not going to focus around this story. It's going to be other things. But they have come out and said 
This is going to be the last movie for a while. Yeah, because they're done. Like, and th- what I think, <laughs> what they're waiting for is they're waiting for people to. Well, they're gonna they're gonna do like little Disney Plus stuff like The Mandalorian, which is, um, you know, they don't. I don't think really care whether you can take it or leave it. They they don't care. I don't think at this point they want to do. Mm. I think they want to start getting us used to doing stuff that's a little bit more on the experimental side and i think they're going to use disney plus and stuff like that to do it so that way when they do come back with movies hopefully most of the people that were like are not my star wars um will either be used to things being different or will have died (laughs) and then we can like they can restart making movies in a world that they want to make movies in yeah, I think they they somewhat arrogantly um, assumed that they could continue making Skywalker-centric Star Wars movies and the fans would just love them and accept them, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and now I think they realize that they're better off leaving that story behind and just, you know, exploring other parts of this prop of this franchise. Um, did you hear about um, Kevin Feige being brought in to to consult Lucasfilm. Um, I think I heard a little blip about that. Yeah, that, that it came out earlier this year, but it's, it's been lately. I've seen people talking about it more and more. I think just with kind of like hope, you know, in their voice, like uh, maybe, you know, he's gonna be able to do something with it, you know, um, something, I guess there's like trust there. You have to, you have to consider too, Marvel fandom and Star Wars fandom, while it may overlap, they're they're different things, right? Right, because a lot of the people who are part of the the Marvel fandom are not comic book readers. They don't have the invested non movie interest in it yeah. that that we do, and and we are, I think, that we're able to. How do I put this? Comic books are not as immediate of a storytelling form as mm-hmm. um, movies are. So you could have watched like th- th- very little, very little time and and emotional investment goes into watching the Star Wars trilogy. Like you, you don't have to stick with it for a really long time. It happens. You're done. You move on to the next one when it's time. But if you're a true comic book fan, you've invested a lot of time and you've seen how fluid the characters are and how things have changed over the decades. And you're used to characters dying and coming back and being written by other people. So I think that the comic book fan like the fans of the actual physical comic books are less likely to go but that's not my captain america because there's really no one version of captain america yeah and And even at that at that they still do it (laughs) yeah they do but at a a much small on a much smaller scale yeah exactly yeah because because it's not easy to just jump into comic books and be like i know everything there is to know about captain america Right. And as terms in terms of the social justice component, I think, you know, Marvel has shown a willingness to to include um, some of that, some of those points of view in their storytelling. And while there is, a, a, you know, a segment of Marvel fandom that 
complains about that, it's it's very small compared to the segment of Star Wars fandom that complains about that stuff. Right. But I think Disney thought, you know, oh yeah, you like this Marvel fans? We're going to give you even more of this point of view in Star Wars. And they weren't anticipating, you know, these, these older, more conservative, you know, whatever misogynistic racist Star Wars fans that are like just hating, hating that in the, you know, mixed up in their, in their Star Wars storytelling. Right. Well, and, and I mean, you had mentioned that they they thought that they, there was an arrogance in being able to take over the Skywalker story, but Mm -hmm. I don't think that's what they were doing because we've discussed about how they were starting to steer it away from the Skywalker story. It was going to become a story about Star Wars that all the other side stories kind of latched onto, but they were, they were really the part of the, the part of having Ray, um, not have, well, no, but specifically Ray not being a Skywalker or Obi-Wan's granddaughter, or, you know, like him saying she's not related to anybody was to move the story away from the Skywalker storyline and to just make it a star Wars storyline. Well, and, and and they even did that with, with killing off a different one of the leads in each, in each, each movie. Cause that was the plan. It was going to go Han in the first, Luke in the second and Leia in the third. And And that way it's like, now you've got these new people that are existing in this world and we've divorced it from being specifically Skywalker and we can make any movies we want. And that's where I think they didn't realize the amount of kickback they were going to get because everybody saw it as no, you have to put it in this box. Well, I feel like, I mean, yeah, there is a, there is a story brain trust, right. That, that is working on these things and, and, figuring it out along with the producers and then they're handing it off to the directors to, to bring these, these movies to fruition. Um, but having said that, I mean, JJ basically remade, you know, a new hope in, in, in the force awakens. Mm-hmm. Um, I do feel like Ryan definitely was willing and ready to, you know, step forward into, you know, letting, letting the past go. Mm-hmm. Um, because the idea that, you know, we don't know who Ray's connected to, they, they, they didn't have a, a whole outline for all three movies, which is a huge mistake. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. how could you not know where it was, you know, then how do you set up character arcs and all that stuff? You know, one of the, one of the things that, um, kind of bums me out about the last Jedi is how Finn is kind of separated and relegated to like a side story, you know, mm-hmm. character being mm-hmm. a side story character. Um, but I think that that partly was probably just in, you know, wanting to focus on Ray and Kylo and actually, actually build out these characters, you know? Well, I think they were very smart in doing what they did because each of the three main characters, because I mean, I think that was the formula they were going for. We're going to have a Luke, Leia and Han in each of our storylines. Like that, that is going to be the thing. And, and so we've known Luke, Leia and Han for so long that we need to, we need to get to know these characters. So we'll take all three of them, and we'll separate them out and let them like really explore their characters themselves without being yeah. part of this trio 
which I think worked really well for putting them back in this last movie, because then you kind of saw them as individuals and not dependent upon one another for story. Right. And, you know, at the end of The Force Awakens, when Rey goes to that island to find Luke, in the original script that J.J. wrote, um, she takes BB-8 with her, not R2-D2. And Ryan Johnson asked him to make that change at the end because of the movie that he was working on. It worked better for him that R2-D2 was on that island with them. So Mm -hmm. J.J. made that change. And then at the end of The Last Jedi, um, that movie was supposed to end with, you know, Ray and Poe having never met, right? Because even in Force Awakens, they, they never meet. Right. And the original director of um, The Force Awakens, I mean, of, of um, The Rise of Skywalker, Colin Trevorrow, I think is, is, I don't know how it's pronounced, but he asked Ryan Johnson to have Ray and Poe meet at some point before the end of the movie. So that's why they literally like shake hands and go, hey, you're so-and-so. Um, just to kind of set up what he wanted to do with that story. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, one of the things that people point out is that in the original trilogy, they all know each other from from the first movie on. Mm-hmm. And so they're together. They're a team. And even when they're separated, they, you know, they already have connections built in. Mm-hmm. And in this one, it's kind of, they're kind of like never really all together. And I think that was a point that they try to do with this movie was to to have them all interact a lot more than they had the first two movies. Right. And and there was enough time between the two movies, you know, story timeline that yeah. it, it was it would make sense for them to know each other at that point because they're there's such a small group at this point. Like the, yeah, the, rebel, I think that's, the rebels have been reduced to nothing at this point. Yeah, and I think that's one of the reasons why they what there was so much story crammed into this one. You know, I think JJ was kind of like, Well, let's pretend I had made episode eight and I'm just gonna make episode eight you know, mm-hmm, <laughs> episode mm-hmm. eight and nine uh, worth of story in this last movie. Right. And they tried. They Congrats, tried. you tried. What's that gift that gift that Bart Simpson give? I don't I don't know that one. <laughs> Sorry, gift, gift jokes don't work in a podcast. Sorry, no, my bad. <laughs> Everyone picture that gift in your head right now. <laughs> um yeah, so I mean I apologize to people who think we've we've gone negative on this one. I think we're I uh, well, I mean <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You're disappointed. If that's if that's how you feel, we we you you knew coming into this that we were not looking forward to this movie and we were kind of <laughs> under Star Wars. We've mentioned it a couple of times. Um, it, it's a little bit kind of where we are with DC stuff. I it's it we're not necessarily angry at this. Well, I'm not going to speak for Ray. I'm not angry at this point. I'm just kind of disappointed. Um, and. I feel like there was a lot more that could have been done, but the fandom, uh, the, the real tragedy is the fandom wouldn't let, wouldn't let it happen. And I think, I think that it was, it was too messy for, for producers, you know, who are always already coming to a brand that has got a lot of baggage. Um, you know, I think they, they ultimately did what they could do. Um, we just disagree with the, the way they did it. I'm realizing the, the absolute, genius of um nando of of nando versus movies you know a a Mm -hmm, youtube mm -hmm. channel that we love um his podcast shout out to nando is called uh mostly nitpicking (laughs) 
<laughs> which is so brilliant because it's basically in the title and concept of the podcast that they're going to tear apart <laughs> the movies that they talk about. It's literally called Mostly Nitpicking. You know, so it's like, that's what they're going to do. Like, that's the the premise. And it's like, yeah, that makes sense. Like, that's, you know, I mean, I think one of the hallmarks for better or worse, uh, one of the hallmarks of geekdom is that we are, you know, we focus on the details and we're not afraid to be very critical of the things we love, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, I don't know. I feel like it just kind of comes with the territory. Like, you know, if, if I've definitely listened to, to podcasts podcast episodes that are highly critical of things that I, of movies that I love or whatever, or, or, you know, comics that I love or movies that I love just because it, it brings a new, a new point of view to me where I go, Oh, I didn't think about it in that way, you know? Right. Right. Um, but yeah, no, I don't know. I mean, I also think that when we do love something, we, you know, really go all out to like celebrate it as well. And if you loved, if you're listening to this and you love the Rise of Skywalker and maybe, you know, we didn't get into when we were talking about the things we liked about this movie, we didn't cover some of the things you liked. I mean, you're free to like reach out to us. I would, you know, we'd love to hear comments from fans and or listeners and, you know, say like, this is why I like this because I'm, trust me, the more that I can, the more opportunity I have to enjoy Star Wars, the better. So if somebody can say, can point something out to me, a point of view that I hadn't considered that makes me go, oh, you know what? Okay. Actually that, that is, you know, that has increased my enjoyment of Rise of Skywalker from a four to a five or whatever. I'm all for that. Yeah. (laughs) And, and I, I think we, we love seeing other people's perspectives because we realize we have very specific sp- let, let's face it all right you and I have very specific perspectives Dude, yes on, on on the geekery that we we consume yes and and I get roasted by some of my geek friends for liking what I like you know because mm-hmm. I don't think I'm a very uh my tastes my geek tastes are not very traditional in that you know I I don't mind you know, deconstructing the, the characters that I love. And, and I don't mind a grittier, more, you know, realistic take on, you know, superheroes or whatever. I don't mind. I'm not a stickler for like, you know, follow the source material, treat it like, you know, like, like the gospel, you know, I'm not that I'm just not like that. And my friends are like, <laughs> sometimes drag me through the coals for that. <laughs> well, I think you and I are very big on tell me a good story. And if it's about something that we are fans of and excited about even better, but at the end of the day, we just want to, we want a good story and we want to be invested in characters and we want to see good, strong, complete arcs. And we hope for twists that make us go, Oh wow. I would have never thought about that. I think, I think we've both studied film and and literature enough that it's very hard to surprise us and so if you surprise us with, by doing something we get very excited because wow that's not something that we would have expected because it didn't meet the formula that we're so used to having to deal with and so when we get excited about things that are new and different it's because we're, we're surprised at them being able to pull something like that off and then when we're, yeah. when we're disappointed, it's because we saw a lot of potential in it. And if we can see the potential in it, the people who make it should be able to see it as well. 
I think we hi- yeah, we well, hold them to a higher standard because they're doing something that I think, you know, we I don't know that we want to do, but that we we hold a lot of regard for. And so it's like if you're not going to do it, if, if if we can see better ways in our opinion to do it, mm-hmm. why aren't you coming up with those? And I think with this movie specifically, we're looking at it as, you know, did you not take those risks because you were afraid of what people would say? So that that hits on something really interesting that I had I forgot I wanted to bring up and talk to you about on today's podcast. I wanted to mention it actually ahead mm-hmm. <laughs> of talking of, of roasting Rise of Skywalker, but I forgot. Oh well. Um, there is an interesting phenomenon happening now with with um, storytelling, and this is something that me and my friends have talked about quite a bit. Shout out again to Jason and, and Christian, where we're seeing fans, you know, take advantage of, of these platforms, um, these social media platforms where they're actually all of the, all of the anticipation and all of the, like, um, kind of trying to figure out what's going to happen. They sometimes come up with way better shit (laughs) than, (laughs) than the makers of the actual you know, properties, whether it's Game of Thrones, whether it's, you know, comic book movies, whatever. Um, and I think it, it puts us as fans in an interesting position where we have to do a little bit more work to enjoy the things that we enjoy because now you can go on and read fan fiction or even just follow like, you know, what are some theories? What are some rumors or theories about what's going to happen? There's so much enjoyment around that for a lot of fans, myself included, mm-hmm. that you kind of have to separate yourself from that stuff when you're actually watching the thing and just let the storytellers do what they're going to do for better or worse. You know, um, I feel like. If I think that's why I, I'm I'm I give a lot of credit to storytellers to just stick to what their plan is. Like, mm-hmm. don't try to, you know. Obviously, you have a responsibility as a storyteller to be ahead of your audience in some ways. But if your audience figures it out ahead of time, don't try to then like overcorrect yourself just for the sake of surprising the audience. Like. If you know what's coming, but you it's still told well, you're going to enjoy it. Mm-hmm. That's what I feel about like Watchmen. Like when I watched the new HBO Watchmen series and I, I, I participated in all the theories and conjecture and all the stuff like what's going to happen? What if this happens? That happens. A lot of fans figured out shit that was going to happen. Mm-hmm. They still did it. <laughs> you know, <laughs> like they were just like, okay, but we're going to do our best as storytellers to make this interesting. Um, and it actually is pleasing for, it's not like fans are like, oh fuck, I guessed that two episodes ago. It's like, they were like, actually feel pretty awesome about having guessed it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. As opposed to like Game of Thrones where, you know, the last season they're like trying to outthink fans and making choices just for the sake of like, well, we haven't seen this guest online, you know, where they literally, the the makers of of Game of Thrones literally came out and said, yeah, we had to change some stuff because people started to figure out what was going to happen. It's like, well, so what? Yeah, tell, tell, <laughs> like, tell so a good story. Like, there's there's so much stuff that has to do with, um, there the, there people are afraid to tell good stories anymore because there's so much stuff. Like, let the fans do their thing because what the what what fans don't realize, and I think it to a, uh, I don't think anybody realizes, 
one, you and I can sit here and have an amazing discussion about what we want to see in the next whatever movie because we have no budget, we have no <laughs> expectations, we have, and we're working collaboratively where you say, oh, yeah. how about this? And we're like, oh, yeah, and we get excited and we build on it and it, and it becomes something that we are specifically excited about. And yeah. I think that's how a lot of movies start. And then you get the corporate people that come in and go, but you can't do that because X, Y, and Z. And then, you know, the right. money comes in and it's like, well, that's a lot for the budget. And then maybe we have to change this. And, right. and so, you know, I don't think we give movies enough credit for, like they talk about if it, if it gets made, like it's kind of an amazing thing. <laughs> yeah. And that's why I, I give so much credit to you know that's why i said earlier even if i don't enjoy it at least have courage in your convictions as a storyteller right you know so i yes i'm i've i have a lot to complain about with this movie because like i said i knew full well going in this movie was not made for me no like you know like so they've already shown that you know they are going with another segment the point of view they're trying to appease a different segment of star wars fans than i'm a part of mm-hmm. so i knew that going in and i actually enjoyed this movie a little bit more than i was expecting to enjoy it i thought i was going to absolutely hate it um but yeah, just have have the conviction, have have courage in uh, in your convictions as a storyteller, and you know I think you will. We've we've seen that if you try to just make your choices based on what's going to please fans, and you're trying to anticipate that it's it's no good is really going to come of it. If you try and if you try and please everyone, you're going to please no one. Yeah, exactly, and so you know. Uh, we can we can move on now hopefully <laughs> yeah i mean i and again I, I i there were moments of nostalgia and and i had to keep myself from from like getting bitter and angry about them because this was not the movie i wanted it to be and and that doesn't mean that it wasn't enjoyable. I, I went to the movie in a very bad mood because I, I was exhausted. I had had no no breaks. I was over socialed and Oh, quick story at the end of this real quick, because just kind of, it it really boosted my spirits. Um, But uh, I went to this movie in a very bad mood and I left in a very good mood and I very much enjoyed the movie. But then when I come back to really think about it and analyze it, you know, I do, I do mourn what we lost from the potential of it all. Um, But okay. So we're coming out of the movie theater and we walk over to my car, my relatively new car and um, my husband looks at it. He goes, somebody hit your car. And, oh. and yeah, somebody had, had hit my car um, pulling out next to us. And there was no note. And I was pissed. It wasn't bad. It was just a little bit of surface damage. But I was like, mm. oh, my God, so angry. So I don't see any parking lot cameras. And I walked back over to the... Um, to the box office. And Matt's like, well, where are you going? I'm like, well, I'm going to see if there's like cameras that we don't know about because maybe they saw, and we can get some info. Uh, and so I go up to the person and I say, Hey, you know, is there a manager I can talk to? And she's like, well, what's this about? And I said, well, I think my car has been hit in the parking lot. I want to know if you guys have cameras. She goes, we don't have cameras, but this very nice woman. And I, my shout out this, this week is going to Ashley. It's very nice woman. Ashley saw the whole thing, took pictures and would like you to call her. <laughs> oh, 
So, so yeah, so I have, uh, I, I, I want a, a pre, I have a pre shout out to, to Ashley who, who, um, who reported basically somebody hitting my car. Thanks, JJ. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I mean, like the reason why I thought of that is because I came out in a relatively decent mood compared to how I went in. I went in not wanting to even see the movie and doing it out of obligation only. And I left mm. going, there's stuff about this I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, I think it's just when we sit down and we we start analyzing it, that's it's it's very easy to criticize because you know it's always easier to find the the wrong than than promote the good. I think it also for me um just makes me appreciate more the times that I, I feel like a satisfying story is really is is told, you mm-hmm. know? Mm-hmm. Because I think for a lot of us that are passionate about the you know char- these characters and stories or whatnot, um, probably a lot of our experience is like, oh, wouldn't it be cool if they did this or this? Even stuff we like, we do that too. Yeah. yeah. Um, so like I saw I saw a a, a post on Twitter, uh <laughs> after this came out where someone said, um, thank God Endgame was good. <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, cause it's satisfying. And, and, and if, and if a movie, like if this movie connects for you in that way, that's awesome. Like, I'm mm-hmm. so happy for you. Like I do not begrudge your enjoyment of this movie, even though it was, it was made as, as a, you know, like I said, to me, this movie was made uh, in direct opposition to what I love about star Wars, but I don't begrudge anyone enjoying this movie. If it hit for you, that's awesome. Like more power to you. I want some of that. I'm looking for that in everything that I, that I watch. Yeah, definitely. (laughs) All right. So that's, I think we've I think we've rung this one through through and through and through. But we're we're I feel good. better. I feel cleansed. Feel I cleansed? feel so much. Better. Yeah, I missed you, Joe. I'm <laughs> complaining with you on it, our podcast. It sounds like you feel like I did after our our Dark Phoenix episode. Because <laughs> I don't think oh I've ever cl- cleansed my palate so thoroughly. As yeah, I started listening to Nando's nitpicking on that one, and I'm like, "No, you're not being angry enough." And I went back and listened to ours. <laughs> wow, <laughs> wow. Um, that's that's actually can be very cathartic for me is to watch those YouTube videos where they kind of go like, "What if this had happened instead?" Um, it's a double edged sword. Sometimes, sometimes it it makes me happy, like, oh, "Okay, you know, now, now I feel like I got a version of that that I like." Mm-hmm. But sometimes it just makes me more frustrated, like, "Oh, why didn't they do that? That would have been so much better." Um, but yeah, those those YouTube videos are so addicting. Seriously, seriously. Um, well, I did my sh- shout out a little prematurely, but w- what's your shout out? I mean, I feel like I've been shouting them out through this whole episode so far, and I've shouted them out before, but since, you know, so much of my experience with Rise of Skywalker specifically was tied to uh, my coworkers, Jason and Christian, I just want to give them the official shout out at the end of at the end of the podcast. Awesome. 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 Um, we are going to come back in about a week. It's going to be about a week late because this is probably releasing on the first, but um we are going to come back with our wrap up of 19 or 19. Dear God, I'm old. <laughs> 2019. Um, <laughs> and uh, there's a 19 in there. There is there's a 19, 19 in, in there. there. It's just the wrong spot. Um, so, so we're going to come back with our, our 
2019 kind of wrap up in our movies and it'll be it'll be interesting because there's a lot of good there's a lot of bad and there's a lot in between um <laughs> but what we're gonna do that it'll be about a week later than we usually respond because both of us are tired so so tired yeah, yeah. um but that's it. We'll, we'll come back soon. Um, all the music in this episode is by Ben Sound and is being used under a Creative Commons license. You can find more music at bensound at bensound.com. Geektitude is a proud member of the geek to geek Network. Check out other geek to geek shows such as the geek to geek Podcast, Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, Dragon Quest FM, and sometimes Rob. Um, there are also two, uh, or at least one new show right now. I have been so completely disconnected from social media this past week, but I believe... It's official now that there is a new show, but I'm not going to say because I don't know if it's official or not. We've got two more shows at least coming, and I'm maybe throwing in a, a third. So, so just go to geek2geeknetwork.com uh, and, uh, and check out all the stuff that we're offering because it's all good. Um where did I leave off? Also check out our Twitch streamers, Capsule J and Troidal Power, and make sure to join the Reddit community at r forward slash geek to geek cast or join us in Slack or Discord where you can chat with us in real time. You can currently find us at geek2.com as well as on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play, and most other podcatchers out there. Please leave us a review and spread the word. If you'd like to contact me, you can send me an email at joehogan at geek2.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at geek or me personally at Epic Grays. Ray, Ray, where can we find you? I'm always at rayvargas3.com. Not a lot of people know this, but I'm actually the third. So <laughs> my name's Ramon Vargas the third is my full name. Um, you know, I, I shorten it to Ray Vargas because I don't want to force people to deal with all that. <laughs> <laughs> but that's why my handle is rayvargas3 everywhere. Um, so on Facebook, on Instagram, on Twitter. Um, I'm at username RayVargus3, and then my website is RayVargus3.com, so it's easy to remember. So there you go. All right, guys. Uh, I know it's been a little bit sporadic, but both of us have either been sick, <laughs> sick, <laughs> sad, or, or busy. Overwhelmed. Yeah. <laughs> or the computers don't work. So we're, we're trying, but uh, we'll get this out as soon as we can. And until next time, remember this week, keep it geek.